Welcome to Sleepy Head Stories today. We love to read books, be silly, and play. Me and my mommy are here every week to read you great stories that all are unique. Join us at bedtime, or bath time, or breakfast. We promise it's better than a trip to the dentist. Welcome to Sleepyhead Stories. So, Chetta, yes. have you ever heard of a wormhole? Excuse me? <laughs> have you ever heard of a wormhole? <laughs> Excuse me? It's a, it's a funny sounding phrase, huh? Wormhole. Never? Wait. Worms no. <laughs> no. But that is like, what it sounds like. Like when a worm like is in the ground or something? No. I would that's a very like <laughs> I would think that too, but that's not what a wormhole is, but that's a very good guess. So I'm gonna show you what a wormhole is. I'm gonna look it up here. Cause it's a difficult thing. Well, I know what it refers to, but like it's a very hard thing to explain. So this is a wormhole. Oh, I thought you meant like I know, like <laughs> I you tricked me. I didn't trick you. I was just wondering. I know what a wormhole. Because we're gonna is. read a story about a wormhole. I know what a wormhole is. Now you refresh your memory. Yeah. No, like I thought you meant like the animal worm. No. So what is this part in space? I'm talking about space wormholes. So what do you know of them? I know that you they suck you somewhere. They suck you to, like, another space and time, right? Are they real? They, they're real, but they don't, like, make you go to another dimension or anything. So. They're real, and they do suck you. They just suck you to the other side of space. Hmm, good, good, good observation. Let's see, because I don't know. I'm asking. And we're going to be reading a story today about wormholes. And I truly want to know. So this is what Google says, our good friend Google. Wormhole is a solution of the field of equations in German-born physicist Al- Yeah, Albert. Like when, we're, when, when people like found like wormholes, the Germans were like, hey, I claimed that. Well, I not the that. Germans. German-born <laughs> physicist Albert Einstein in his theory of Einstein. general relativity that resembles a tunnel between two black holes or other points in space-time. Such a tunnel would provide a shortcut between its endpoints. I swear to God, Albert's German? He was born in Germany, yeah. I swear I thought he was He's actually German. Jewish, but... He was born in Germany. He's both. So. Einstein's confusing. He's smart, but confusing. He's very smart, and sometimes it is confusing. So this is a confusing description. But, yeah, you were right. You said it takes you to another place, and that's exactly pretty much what it is, to two endpoints. So today we're going to read a story not so complicated as the description of a wormhole, but we're going to read a story about wormholes a wormhole, a little girl who lives on a spaceship and a wormhole pops up on her spaceship. Hmm. And we're also going to read... Sounds like a Netflix movie. It does, right? It sounds like... 
I'm gonna be directing this movie, and it's gonna be called The Unknown. There's this girl in a spaceship, and she gets sucked into sucked into a wormhole. Oh, that sounds like a good movie. Yeah, you should write it. Lots of drama. Yeah. In that movie. And there's drama in the book story we're gonna read too, <laughs> and we're also going to read about this one. Shooting stars. Oh, that's either. Now, shooting stars are definitely real. And have you ever seen that's one? E- that's easy. They're just um. They're basically just tiny little... Me- they're actually not stars. People think they're stars, but they're actually tiny little meteorites making their ways across the skies. Because it's physically impossible for stars to move unless they, like... I mean, like, who knows? Very true. Very good. Shooting stars are not actually stars. They just look like them to us from Earth. But I've seen shooting stars before. Have you ever seen one? Do you remember? I don't know. Mm. I don't know if you've have or, have I'm or not. I'm sure, like, I've been in my room, like, play, like sleeping at night, and, like, mm-hmm. there's been, like, some passing by. Yeah, I, the times in my life when I've seen them, I wasn't looking for them. I was just, like, out, and I was looking at the sky just randomly, and then all of a sudden I saw one, and I started yelling, Oh, my God! So, but in the story we're about to read... Also, uh, the little boy in the story goes up looking for shooting stars on the top of his apartment building, which we are going to do this summer because it's a great place to stargaze at the top of the top of our building. Okay, so there you go, guys. This week's episode is going to be about space and stars. It's a fun thing to do in the summertime, stargaze, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. All right, guys, right after this, we'll get into the two stories that we're reading this week. Have a great day or night. Bye. Bye. So, guys, if you're like me, you're going to need a little bit more of an explanation on exactly what the theory of a wormhole is. And I found um, from Peekaboo Kids on YouTube a perfect explanation that will help us all understand a little bit better. Okay, here you go. So, what is a wormhole? To understand what a wormhole is, first you need to understand what a black hole is. Because a wormhole is actually two black holes that are connected like a tunnel between two places in space. By going through the wormhole, you could travel immense distances across space faster than the speed of light, even if the two ends of the wormhole were very far apart. Yes, my friends, you could quickly go on a day trip from one planet in a distant galaxy to another planet. Imagine if you had one end of the wormhole at home and the other end at school. Then you could just step through the wormhole at home and arrive in the class without worrying about getting late. Unless you are too lazy to get out of bed. (laughs) So, a wormhole could be a cool thing to have around. But the problem is, as far as we know, There are no wormholes like this in our universe. And the only place we can find them are on paper. Yes, my friends, we haven't found any evidence of them existing 
and we don't have a clue about how they are formed. However, the existence of wormholes is not restricted by our current theories of the universe. So we can say that they do exist in theory. You might be aware of the theory of general relativity published by famous scientist Albert Einstein in the year 1916. It explains gravity, which is what keeps us on Earth and keeps the Earth orbiting the Sun. This theory also mathematically describes the wormholes. Galileo by E.J. Delaney Art by Shannon Day Stella was enjoying a stroll across the schoolyard when she found the worm. She should have been in history with Avatar Barnet, but honestly, how much War of Independence this and Battle for the Galaxy that could a girl take? The sun was out, rainbow trees were flowering. With her mom gone, Stella had hacked into the virtual timetable and given herself an extended lunch break. Look, Galileo, she called. Here, boy, come see. Galileo scampered over, stopping only once to leap at a passing butterfly. Moof, moof, meow. Check it out. Stella kneeled down and brought her chin close to something shimmery and wriggling. If I didn't know better, I'd say this was a waste worm. Moof! Galileo sprung forward, swatting at the worm. Sparks flew. Zap! He scrambled away. It is a waste worm! Stella frowned. Do you know what this means, Galileo? Galileo sprawled, laid out, sunning his belly. It means there must be a wormhole on board on this ship. Oh, this is bad. Meow. A wormhole, Galileo. She ruffled her fingers through his neck fur. An unstable time tunnel connecting two different points in the universe. One end must have latched onto our ship. Galileo yawned. His tongue smacked briefly at his lips. Lolling his head to the side, he allowed one big ear to cover his eyes. Move. No, Stella agreed. She took out her handkerchief and scooped up the worm. No, we can't wait for Mom. Who knows what else might have wriggled through after this little critter. She slapped her thigh. Up now, Galileo. Up, boy. Moof. Galileo rolled left and right until he rocked over and came up with his stumpy legs beneath him. Stella held the worm out for him to sniff. Find the wormhole, Galileo. Galileo moved and set off. Stella grinned. Her pet might be the most wonderfully ridiculous looking creature in all the galaxies, but he never lost a scent. Weow! No, Galileo, not the butterflies. Focus now, focus! By breed, Galileo was the first ever tabby hound. 
the result of Stella not being able to choose between an old earth basset hound and a tabby cat. He was as fat as he was furry, with smiling whiskers and low-hanging stomach. He was easily distracted. Moof, moof! No, Galileo, the worm! Follow the worm scent! Stella rolled her eyes. Oh, this is hopeless. Sighing, she detoured over to the school's lone bottle tree. She twisted the hidden clasp to let the hatch on the trunk fall open. Her fingers skittered briefly on the keypad within. Virtual reality disappeared. The school building and Stella's computer-generated classmates faded away to reveal the familiar corridors of her mom's home spaceship. Move? That's right, Galileo. No more butterflies. Stella held out the worm again. Now find that wormhole. Go, boy! Weow! Nose to the metal floor, Galileo snuffled and trotted off, bouncing along like a tabby tumbleweed. Stella jogged to keep up. That's it, boy! Good boy! They came to a high crawl space up near the ceiling between the decks. Galileo leapt for it with a cat's instinct, but a basset hound's stunted agility. Meow! Stella gave him a boost and then followed. If the worm had made it this far, then the wormhole had to have opened up hours ago, probably just after her mom was called in for work. Keep going, Galileo, Stella urged. No sooner had she spoken than she heard a frantic scratching of claws and then a muffled thunk. That was Galileo dropping down at the other end of the crawl space. Hold on, Galileo, I'm coming! Stella tumbled after him and found herself in the engine room, staring up at the wormhole. It hung, spinning above the deck, like some impossible hula hoop, all fizzing edges and pulsating blue energy. Wormhole, she thought. Check. The only reason Stella took it so calmly was because she spotted something even more worrying. A glassy black eye as big as a boulder glaring at her from within the burning circle. Star Sparrow, she winced. Double check. Galileo, we are in trouble. Moof, weow. The tabby hound darted forward and then skipped back, growling and hissing. The sparrow was enormous. It flapped its star-white feathers and tore hungrily at the edges of the hole, thrusting its arrowhead beak through. It was hunting for food, Stella realized. It must have sniffed out the nuclear trash lying half-digested inside the waste worm, but it was getting too close to the ship's engines. If it broke through the shielding, it would be a meltdown. Doomsday level kaboom. Horrified, Stella lost her grip on the handkerchief. The worm slipped out and fell to the floor. 
To her delighted relief, Galileo pounced on it. He swiped it playfully from paw to paw, closer and closer to the wormhole. Suddenly, the star sparrow stabbed down and pecked the worm up. Oh, good boy, Stella exclaimed. Well done, Galileo. The hula hoop began spinning in reverse. Sparks flew from its rim, and it gurgled like a fast-emptying bathtub, sucking the sparrow back through. When the wormhole collapsed, it left nothing behind but a faint after-rain smell. No worm, no wormhole, Stella mused. She turned to Galileo, but the tabby hound had moved beyond petting range. He sniffed about some more, then flopped downside along the main engine and went to sleep. Shaking her head, Stella reached inside for the nearest control panel and restarted her virtual school. Even as the building ghosted back into existence, a frowning hologram of her mother appeared above the schoolyard, hunched forward in her pilot seat of her little space hopper. Stella, have you been messing with the virtual reality again? If I can't trust you alone in homeschool, sorry, Mom, bit of an emergency. Actually, we came within a whisker of total destruction, but everything's fine now. Stella smiled fondly at Galileo. The tabby hound was pawing quietly at the air, shedding fur everywhere as he chased after dream butterflies. Well, there's nothing a quick vacuum can't sort out. The end. Since we gave you an explanation of what wormholes are, in theory, I think it's only fair if we give you an explanation of exactly what shooting stars are, and those I know are real because I've seen them myself. Listen to this. What are shooting stars? Look up at the night sky. Once in a while, you will see a streak of light in the sky. These streaks are called shooting stars. But did you know these shooting stars are not really stars? They are small dust particles floating around in space. When the dust particles come close to Earth, some of them get pulled towards the Earth. Dust particles enter the Earth's atmosphere at very high speeds. Speeds so high that the friction with the air heats up the dust particle. The dust particle starts glowing brightly. It finally burns out before reaching the ground. And that is what we see as shooting stars. A shooting star. 
by Raven Howell. From the corner of my eye, I see a star streaking the sky, dashing from the moon's front yard, a runaway, a shooting shard, zipping quickly toward downtown, sprinting, racing, falling down. Perhaps it only wants to know what all the lights are down below. But absent from its cosmic place, is there a hole now up in space? Shooting Star Wishes by Sid K. Fleming Art by Kaja Hallstrom From the balcony of our 10th floor apartment, I comb the sky with eager eyes hoping to see a shooting star. Stars are afraid of city lights, but a little song is always good for something. Nana wraps her arms around me and hums a gentle tune. Starlight, star bright, I say, as a few pinpricks of light twinkle through the glow of the city night sky. These ordinary stars are for little wishes, everyday wishes, like getting frosting on your cupcake or finding a quarter on the sidewalk. But shooting stars are different. Shooting stars are lucky, Nana says, so I keep a special wish ready ready for a shooting star to catch my wish in its tail and dance across the sky. There are too many lights tonight, Sugar Plum, she says, and I hear dreams calling. I nestle deeper in her arms, hoping for a few more minutes of her warmth, as much as I hope to see a shooting star. Tomorrow can't come if you don't dream tonight. She kisses my hair and points me to bed. I don't remember my dreams when I wake up, but sure enough, it is a new day. Nana is humming in the kitchen. A little song is always good for something. I smell buttermilk biscuits. Buttermilk biscuits are Saturday biscuits, but today is Wednesday. She gives me one in each hand. Then it's time for school. Before the third floor, the elevator screeches to a stop and goes dark. The emergency light flickers on. My heart pounds so hard that I feel the beating in my ears. Nana rings the bell. Power's down on the whole block, calls Mr. Simon from above us. Nana takes my hands and we sing together in the dim elevator. Before long, the ceiling opens and Mr. Simon lowers a ladder. He helps us climb to the fourth floor landing. Nana takes my hand and we walk down the stairs to the street as if it's a regular thing to be rescued from a stuck elevator. Nana nods in the direction of school. I'm still going? School has power, Sugar Plum. She nudges my arm to get my feet moving, and we walk lickety-split all three blocks so I'm not late. The power is still off when I come home. 
we take it slow up the stairs. After dinner and homework, we take biscuits and jam to the balcony, and I watch day turn to evening. Lights come on several blocks away, but it's dark here. Stars might not be so afraid tonight, I say. I hum a tune, and Nana joins in. Flash! A streak of light shoots across the sky, so sudden it hardly seems real. Nana stops humming and starts to laugh. That's how I know it's real. She gives me a squeeze. Don't tell me now. Keep that wish secret or it won't come true. How do you know I made a wish? I could feel it, Sugar Plum. Like magic, I feel my wish holding tight to the tail of that shooting star, dancing across the sky to our songs. The end. Hey guys, thanks for listening to this episode of Sleepyhead Stories. Keep sending us those shout outs and remember to follow us on Instagram or Facebook and subscribe so that you're notified every time we release a new episode. And of course, share us with your friends. We would love it if you could help spread the word about Sleepyhead Stories to all your friends and family. So thanks again for listening. We love reading books and we love sharing them with you. Have a great day or a great night and we'll talk to you in the next episode.